Forgiveness feels good, doesn't it? Well, of course, um, that video is tongue-in-cheek, and I want to talk today about forgiveness. Um, this stems from um, some discussions that I've had with several people that they could not, will not, forgive someone that has either offended them. And so I want to talk a little bit today about forgiveness. Um, but before I get there, um, during, during my message, I'm going to talk about fathers. Because this is really going to be about the journey that I had to forgive my own dad. Um, and so it was a long journey, and it took quite a while. And I've shared with you before that my dad, um, fr quite frankly, called me stupid most of my life. And I, and I carried the scars of that going forward, even um, to this day. And it's clear to me that a lot of us long for our Father's blessing. We want to know that our Father sees us, values us. We want to know that we have our Father's affection, participation. And we want to know that our Father believes in us. <clears throat> and I think more than ever in this generation, there is a longing to know, where did I come from? Who am I, and does my life matter? And I believe a lot of that is linked to our families. In fact, right now, one of the biggest things going is people sending away their spit, if you will. You know, you get a kid in the mail, and you put a blob of spit in the container, and you mail it off. And then in a few weeks, you get your results back. Now, I haven't done this yet, but I would expect it would show pretty much what I've known from my early childhood is that I am half Polish and a mix of other things. We want to know where did we come from? So when you get your results back, and I'm sure um, that some of the results will be surprising. Some of my friends have done it. Some of my relatives have done it. And they said, yeah, the results are pretty much what we expected. You know, there's a lot of um, Eastern European things going on. And some of them said that we have this Middle Eastern um, thing going on in our DNA. But here's the funny thing. There's always a bit of a wild card. And it seems that a lot of us um, have 1% of unknown in the mix. And I'm talking about going way back. We want to know, where did I come from? What are my roots? And what is my origin? We're talking about our family tree. So our message today is called the story of two trees. We all here are the result of a family tree. So when you put the blob of spit in the container and you send it off, that's what you're finding out. What does my family tree look like? So for us today, to begin, I want you to think about yours today. Maybe yours is as straightforward and as simple as can be. You have your mom and your dad, and you, maybe brothers and sisters. 
Um, you got grandma and grandpa on mom's side. You got grandma and grandpa on your dad's side. Um, it's pretty simple and straightforward. You know, I got Uncle Eddie over here and his two kids, my cousin. I got Aunt June over here and her two kids, my other cousins. It's pretty straightforward, our family tree. Some of you need more time. Because you're thinking to yourself, are we talking just my biological family? Or are we talking about all the ones joined into our family tree? Are we talking about our step-parents? Are they in the tree? How about our step-grandparents? Are they in the tree? Is grandpa's special friend in the tree? She's been to every family gathering for the last seven years. Can we give her like an honorary place in the tree? Are we counting all the people that are like blood relatives? You know, the ones that when we're on our way to Thanksgiving dinner, we tell our kids, hey, be thankful we're not like them. Some of us need a large piece of paper and a little extra time. A lot of dynamics are going on when we talk about our family tree. So I was looking through some photos the other day, and I found this gem. This is uh, probably about 1970, 1971, we figure. Um, you know, I, I got my dad here. He's really not feeling it. Um, I got my mom here. She's probably worried about dinner. You know, is dinner being burned? Um, I got my two older sisters next to my mom. Then I got my two older brothers. Then I got my sister. And then there's this guy in the middle. I still love striped pants to this day. But that is the nexus, if you will, of my family tree. And it's not a super complicated tree. And you can all add all the pieces in. But when you think about where you came from, what you're talking about is your family tree. And for some of us, that's a pretty good story. Your family tree, by and large, is a good tree. You got love coming your way. Your parents weren't perfect, but they gave you the blessing. Your dad wasn't a perfect father but you know that he loved you, he told you he loved you, he believed in you, he was there for you, and he showed you the ropes. But for others of us, when we think about our family tree, it's not necessarily the most amazing exercise because your tree isn't fantastic. Some of the limbs are cracked, and the leaves are a bit withered around the edges, and yeah, there might be a leaf or two on that family tree, you could go, oh, yeah, my second cousin, his wife is pretty cool. But other than that, it's fragmented. And it's not the sturdiest or best-looking picture of what a family is all about. But there's one thing we cannot negotiate today. We are the product of our family tree. We are the product of our origins. Our family... Are our family trees are real, and they have power in our lives. You know, I'm always amazed when I get to talk to 
young people. And they still have the mindset of, I know what my family tree looks like. I know what mom and dad look like, but I'm not going to end up like that. I am never going to wear dress shoes and dark socks with shorts out in public ever in my life. But us 60-year-olds in the audience, we say, you know, we don't waste time with foolish talk like that. They get it. We know the power of our DNA. And you don't have to spit in a container to know that your family tree has a lot to say about where you are or who you are and how you live. But today, there's a beauty. I just lost my place. Hmm. Here we go. But here, the beauty today is whether your tree is a great tree or a struggling tree. Whether you are thrilled about where you came from or you're not even 100% sure about where you came from. There is another tree in our story today. And although the power of our family tree is real, the power of this tree is real as well. And this tree is called Calvary's tree. There is a cross in the middle of our story today, and it changes everything about who we are and where we come from. You see, this is the story of the gospel. What we're celebrating today is not church membership. It's not even church attendance. I mean, we didn't even check a box when you came in, so you didn't even get earthly credit for being here today. Well, maybe you made your mom happy, or maybe you think you made God happy because you said, hey, you know, God, I'm not here often, but I am here today. Do I get credit? But today is not about showing up. It's not about church attendance. It's not about church membership. It's not about what denomination you're a part of or even what label you wear. The gospel is different than that. The gospel equation looks like this. Jesus Christ hung his life on Calvary's tree so that you and I could experience something more than a simple church affiliation. So here's the thing. The gospel is far greater than that. The gospel story works like this. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to the tree that you and I should have died on. His son took the payment for our wrong, our guilt, and our shame. He took his, our sins, Jesus did, on his innocent life, and he bore the wrath of an angry God, or of a holy God. He died where you and I should have died. He was raised from the dead by the power of God. And when we put our faith in him, do you know what happens to us? Something miraculous, something supernatural, something far greater than you showed up for something. 
You became a member of something, or you agreed to something. No, something far greater happened. The scripture says we were born again on the inside. We were born spiritually. That's what's happened to us when we put our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. So the question on the table today is not simply what denomination are you a part of? Oh, you're a believer in Jesus? Well, yes, I was a Lutheran. I've always been a Lutheran. Great. Are you born again? Well, we come from a Catholic background. We've been Catholics our whole life. Wonderful. Former Catholic myself. Are you born again? Well, we've always been a Baptist. I don't know what we are. I, I go there. It's good. Makes me feel good. People ask me what we're about. I don't know. I just like the preaching. It's good stuff. It encourages me. Well, I'm a non-denominational. I never like being a negative, really. Great. So you go to Country Christian Church. Are you born again? See, this isn't President Jimmy Carter's phrase, if you remember back in the day. This isn't Pastor Dale's phrase. This is Jesus' phrase. In John chapter 3, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and Scripture tells us that Nicodemus came to Jesus in the night, and he says, I perceive that you are a teacher sent from God. And Jesus said, listen, if you want to see the kingdom of God, You must be born again. What Jesus was saying is the effect in the sin in our life is not that we're out of church and we need to get back into church. It's not that we're bad people and we need to be better people. It's not that we have some issues and we need a little course correction. The problem with sin is that we are dead and the only way that you cannot be dead is to be born again from the inside by the power of God. So that's not my message today, but I think God wants me to take just one more step in a loving way to you. God doesn't care about your behavior modification plan. If that's what you're banking on, then you're banking on the wrong thing. Jesus didn't die so that you could spend your life making your life better. Jesus died so that you could be born again by the Spirit of God, forgiven and free as a son or a daughter of Almighty God. And either you are born again or you're not born again. There is no middle ground. There's no, well, um, I'm almost born again. Surely that should count for something, right? So this is not a self-help system we have going on. This isn't something you add to your green smoothie or your yoga regimen that you're going to give up in three days. No. This is a supernatural movement of being born again. Listen to the way that Jesus said it in John chapter 1, starting with verse 12. 
Yet to all who receive him. Now who's the him? It's Jesus Christ. To all who believe in Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or human decision, nor of a husband's will, but born of God. In other words, there's a family tree dynamic going on, but there's also a Calvary tree dynamic going on. And because of Calvary's tree, we are now born again as children of God. So maybe the blob of spit can tell you about your human origin, but a drop of blood changes your divine origin. So the blob of spit is real, but the drop of blood is real also. And the drop of blood forgives and cleanses and bursts in us new life. And guess what? We get a new family tree. Everyone who's put their faith in Jesus is in a new family tree. Our tree over here, which represents God's tree, should be 20 feet bigger. It should have branches you can put swings on. You should be able to build a huge tree house in it. The tree of God is sturdy and flourishing and strong and faithful in and out of season. It is, has been, it will be forevermore. And when you are born again by the power of God, you're, you're born into a new family tree. Great, so maybe your earthly tree is good, and that's great. Or maybe your family tree is almost dead and decayed. But awesome news. In Christ, new tree. And do you know who's in that tree? It's really simple. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And me. All of us who put our faith in Jesus are in the same tree. But when we look up, we only see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When I gave my life to Jesus Christ in faith, I became a member of that tree. So it's not 23 in me anymore. It's 3 in me. So in this tree, two powerful things happen. First one is I am blessed. See, I don't know what kind of blessing you got in your earthly family tree. I don't know if there's a foundation stone of your father's blessing that you stood on even from a child and it's propelling you forward into everything that God wants you to be in your whole life or you didn't get your father's blessing and there's a gap no matter what your story no matter what the story in your earthly family tree there is a heavenly blessing coming down from your perfect heavenly father in your new family tree and you have a Niagara Falls of blessing coming down on your life every single day 
So you are blessed. But no, probably some of you are thinking to yourself, no, I'm cursed. No, you were cursed, and that's real. But now you are blessed. And in fact, I offer to you that that blessing is more real and more powerful than anything that has happened to you in your life. In this blessing, you will always have enough blessing. Even in a good family tree, you could push your parents to the limit. But there is no limit to God's blessing. In this new family tree, you will never exhaust his love. In this new family tree, you will never deplete his goodness. In this new family tree, every day his mercy will awaken you. And in this family tree, you will never be forsaken. How do I know this? Because on Calvary's tree, Jesus was forsaken for you. He even said so himself. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that everyone in this building whose dad has walked out on you, turned his back on you, ignored you, never wanted to meet you, harmed you, hurt you, caused you to stumble, and didn't lift you up, didn't build up your confidence, but undermined your confidence. For everyone who has that story, Jesus says, I get it. Because man, did I ever need my father when I put my hands on Calvary's tree. And he turned his face away from me. And he did that so that you and I could be forgiven and transferred by birth into this tree so that we would be able to know that he was forsaken on Calvary's tree. Are you seeing this? So that I will never be forsaken in my new spiritual family tree. I am blessed. Man, this is a game changer for some of us. Because you've never conceived of the idea of living blessed. But you are blessed through Christ by birth into a new family tree. Your life does not have to be a combination of all the what ifs and all the buts. Your life can be brand new in a new family tree. Three and me. The second thing that is true in this tree is that not only are you blessed, you can bless. In this tree, this spiritual or supernatural, miraculous resurrection story that you are now in, you know, I don't normally stop in the middle. But I could really use some feedback here. 
Is there anybody that feels different? Because now you know you're a part of a new spiritual family tree with the almighty God as a loved son or a loved daughter. Is anybody feeling that today? Well, if you're feeling that and sensing that and knowing that, here's the thing. Standing under this mind-blowing blessing you can find the strength to forgive your dad for all the hurt and all the wrong and all the pain he caused you in your life. Because you're going to know that I am blessed. And what do blessed people do? They bless. And I know some of you are probably sitting here going, you know, John, I was right with you, right up to that point. But I swear to you, I am never forgiving my dad. I can't see that ever happening. But I just want to remind you, that's the old you talking. That's not the new you with the new tree and the new blessing. and the new family talking. God wants us to get under this blessing so that we can see that we can give this blessing, and that's a possibility. Because if God can overcome the grave, if God can cancel the debt of sin, if God can make peace between you and a holy God, if he can free you from death and the grave, if he can recreate you by his spirit, He can certainly give you power over the past. He can be in you a curse-breaking force for generations to come. The curse that came down your family tree can end right here and right now. And it's all linked to the power of this word, forgiveness. You say, well, John, I have a nice life. I have a nice family. I have a good job. I've accomplished some things. I really don't know. I really don't need to go back and dig all this up all over again. Why would I want to forgive my dad? How could that ever happen? It happens at this Calvary tree. When my eyes are open to see that we got forgiven, I got forgiven. Not us got forgiven. I got forgiven. And I didn't deserve it. And I didn't earn it. But God was gracious enough to give it to me. And to the degree that I understand that and internalize that and embrace that, and to that same degree, I'm going to reflect that to the world around me, even to my dad. The cross is not messing around, people. It is a powerhouse that breaks the curse and sets people free. 
And I believe that is what God wants to do in this place today. But I know some of you are saying, my dad doesn't deserve to be forgiven. My dad has never even acknowledged one time that he was wrong. My dad wouldn't even care if I tried to forgive him, so I'm willing to move on with this whole Jesus thing, but I don't think forgiveness is ever going to happen in my life. And to that, I just want to define for a moment, from a biblical point of view, what do we mean when we say forgiveness? We're, we're not talking about sweeping anything under the rug. Calvary's tree makes it very clear that God doesn't sweep anything under the rug. Otherwise, he would have just swept away all of your sins and spared his son the agony of dying on the cross for them. So when God says, forgive, he's not saying like, hey, let's pretend nothing happened. Let's just let bygones be bygones. And let's just move on to a little bumper sticker faith that says, I believe in God, therefore I'm going to forgive. No. He's not saying to sweep anything under the rug. And he is not saying to release your dad from the consequences of his actions. And he is certainly not saying, don't continually put yourself in harm's way. So the message today, hey, just go right back to where you were because that was a dangerous place to be. No, God isn't saying that. But what God is saying is that you have the power to forgive your dad. And this is what it looks like in a biblical sense. It's not to release your dad from something, but it is to release your dad to someone. You're not letting your dad off the hook. You're just really putting your dad on God's hook. And you're understanding what God says about himself in Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So what we're doing is something like this. Dear Dad, you have messed up my life, and I can't even explain all the fallout from that, but I have seen the cross, and I have been forgiven. And in the power of that forgiveness, I choose to forgive you. So I am releasing you to God to let God and you work out what you have done to me. That is forgiveness, full forgiveness. And it solves the dilemma that we have of wanting justice in our lives. But instead of us taking the reins of justice, us deciding we are going to be judge and jury, it lets the judge be judge and jury because we know that he will do right by us, and he will do right by our dad. And if you can come to that kind of confidence in your heavenly father, it is going to give you the ability to be free. But you're like, John, why would I do this? I'll tell you why. 
Because when you offer forgiveness, the moment you offer forgiveness, you become free. You see, you don't get forgiveness when forgiveness is received. Have you ever forgiven someone and they didn't care? If you're not careful, you took your forgiveness back. Said, oh, I thought this conversation was going, going to go another way. But if that's the way you want it, two can play that game. Watch what I'm about to do. I'm about to shut the door on you. I'm about to close the door like you have never seen. The door is going to come down like a garage door so fast you better jump out of the way. It is going to be bolted, bolted shut and I will decide when and if that door is ever opened again. You may never see me again. You may never see your grandkids again. You may never hear from me and I don't really care because I had a crummy family tree and it's mostly because of you. So goodbye. I know am in charge. Before you made the decisions, but now I'm in charge. I didn't get a vote before, but I get a vote now, and with my vote, unforgiven. So I just want to ask you a gentle question today. How is that working out for you? Because I believe that unforgiveness is false power. I believe it makes you think you have power over your dad, but it's really just the power to keep you trapped in your past. It is really just keeping you trapped in the pain of the past. And I say all this incredibly mindful of the awful pain that some of us may be feeling in this audience today. This is not easy stuff. But your life depends upon it. Your future depends upon it. It depends upon you being honest with this question. Is your willingness to unforgive, is that bringing you more peace or less peace in your life? Is that bringing you more joy and more power in your life? Or is that bringing you less joy and less power? Is that power propelling you forward into God's dream for your life? Or is it just trapping you in the past? Here's the thing. If you spend your energy punching the old family tree you're going to miss out on the opportunity to spend all of your energy and time modeling the new family tree. I am a child of God. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. Let me tell you what my father is like. Let me tell you what I'm going to be like because of my father. I'm not going to tell you what I'm not going to be like but by the grace of God, I am going to model my earthly father. I'm going to grow up and be just like him. This is my future. This is my plan. This is what I'm going to be by the grace of God. 
And I'm telling you, when we are able to forgive, we are living in the oxygen of the gospel, which is revolution. It turns things upside down. You see, any normal person can roll around in their own strength, can harbor bitterness and anger and unforgiveness and decide that they're going to run the show and they're going to let everyone know how the playbook is going to unfold. Any normal person can resent their tree, but we're not normal. One amen, please. You're not normal. You're children of God. You now have divine access to the power of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. And the, res the resurrection power of Jesus, Scripture says, is living in us. So we can do things that are off the grid. Like forgive. And maybe your dad never answers a text. Never responds to the email. The letter gets returned. But the moment you release and don't take back, you become free. And now you are spending all the energy that you had been using to clench your fist. Now you're using all that energy to embrace the Father who is calling you up as a loved son and a loved daughter. And do you know what happens? You look at your family tree and you don't despise it any longer. You're heartbroken for it. You say, I don't know by the, how by the grace of God I got this tree. I don't know how by the grace of God I got saved. I got born again. I got the gift of the Holy Spirit. I have a divine connection with God. I am a loved son. I am a loved daughter of God. I have incredible potential now to grow up and be like my heavenly father. I have a Niagara Falls of blessing coming down on me every day. I have an unquenchable source of love and grace and mercy coming into my life and a never-ending supply of a perfect father's blessing that is on me and leading me and guiding me through life. I have enough blessings to go over here to my family tree and not curse it. I have enough blessing to come over here and bless my family tree and send the blessing back up the tree that never came down to me because I'm a revolutionary agent now. I cannot be controlled by human circumstances any longer. I am not operating anymore under normal operating procedures. I am a divine kingdom agent of almighty God now. And I can change things and alter things. I have the power of God in my life with his spirit to reverse the curse. Scripture says bless and don't curse. And you can't do that unless you're grafted in to the miracle of a new family and a new family tree. And in time, maybe not overnight, 
a flick of the switch. Maybe it takes a moment, but in time, you can come over to this family tree and bless a father who maybe never got a blessing and say, I have enough for all of us people because I'm going to... I want to speak life and not speak death. I'm going to tell you that God is for you, that he believes in you, that his arm is not too short to save. I'm going to tell you that I forgive you and release you to let you and God work out what is going on in your life. I just want you to know that you are somebody, that you have value in your life, that Jesus Christ thought enough of you to die for your sins at Calvary. I just want to speak blessing back up the tree. And when I do, listen, I can say in that moment, the curse that came down from my granddad to my grandpa, my granddad and my father, and to me, is not going down to my son or my grandson. And in the power and authority of Jesus Christ over my life, I am now speaking life. And it all happened the moment I realized by the grace of God I am not a victim any longer. I have power in my mouth and in my heart to do the impossible. Dear Dad, by the grace of God, I forgive you. Let's pray. God, our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the gift of forgiveness, the gift that you gave us on Calvary. When your son willingly went to the cross, Father, there are no words we can say to express our thankfulness. There are no words that we can utter. And we simply come before you in what little strength that we have to know you paid the price for our sins that your son willingly gave his life for us. So, Father, I pray. I pray for anyone here who's having issues with someone where they feel that they simply cannot forgive, that it is possible. Because Jesus forgave a wretch of a sinner like me on the cross. And if he can do that for me, he can certainly do that for you. So Father, I pray that we don't take this communion service for granted. That we praise you for what you have done, what you are doing, and what you will continue to do in our lives. gift of your son Jesus on the cross. And in all things we give thanks.